Have you come to praise the name of the Lord? Have you come to magnify the King of kings and the Lord of lords? The one that saved you, that delivered you, that set you free. Oh, he's worthy of all my praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Oh, it feels good in the house of the Lord. So wonderful to be with people of precious like faith. And uh, I know it's already been said, but to all of our guests, thank you for being here, worshiping the Lord with us. What an honor to have you here. And uh, God's here, and you're here. Seems like a good combination to me. Good things are going to happen. And I'm just so thankful for all the, the good things that God is, is doing in this church. And, uh, and, and each and every one of our lives. You may be seated. I'm going to be uh, in the Word of God today and teaching and uh, through, through the understanding. We have been in a series and we took a little break from it because we had some guest ministers and things as that. But we've been in a series called The Principles and the Practices of the Book of Acts Church. And we have been talking about the five uh, basic principles that are in the book of Acts that, that you see that they live by. And we talked about they were oneness in their theology. They were apostolic in their doctrine. As a matter of fact, they were the apostolic doctrine. Pentecostal in their experience. Holiness in their lifestyle. And Christ-like in their character. Uh, this was the book of Acts church. You find it throughout the New Testament church, these five characteristics. And we were on uh, the third, which is they are Pentecostal in experience. Now, what we focused on, and I uh, didn't get to finish, and um, I don't know if I'll finish today. We shall see. Uh, I will stop at the appropriate time. Uh, but I, I was talking about the fact that it wasn't just uh, Pentecost is not about so much just about speaking in tongues as it is surrendering yourself to God. We talked about it was the fact of surrender. At the first Pentecost, God, it was not God's design to write the uh, laws on stone. Before he wrote it on stone, he tried to speak it to his people on the first Pentecost, 50 days after the Passover. But instead of them going forward, the Bible says they fell back and said, Moses, you talk to God and, 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 we'll, and you can talk to us. And from that, God then goes and does uh, what we know is the, the uh, uh, Ten Commandments and everything else. But his original design was to speak to his people originally. That's what he was going to do. And the last Pentecost, what I refer to as the last Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost fell on the day of Pentecost, it actually did what he was trying to do all along. Not to have the laws on tables of stone, but have it on the tables, the fleshly tables tables of your heart but in the process I was talking about the fact that it's not just about speaking in tongues it's about the mindset of surrendering yourself to God can I hear an amen, amen. but today I'm going to talk about speaking with tongues if you have ever spoken tongues as the spirit gave you gave you the utterance will you take a moment and just lift your hands and thank the Lord for that wonderful experience God, I thank you for everyone here that has experienced that wonderful blessing of speaking in other tongues. Thank you, Lord. 
you may be seated. I am so thankful to see so many people that have experienced this and so many more that will experience this. Some will be today. Some will be in the very near future. Uh, I believe everyone can leave this place completely filled with the power of God. Now, speaking in tongues is something that has been um, in my family for a long time. Uh, my, uh, my, both of my grandparents on both sides uh, received the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. Uh, does not mean that they were all perfect. My mom's uh, brother-in-law and LaVey is here, and, and uh, Junior can tell you that uh, uh, Grandpa wasn't always perfect, was he? Not quite perfect, not quite. Uh, these people are amazing people, by the way. This is where my mom stays when she goes to California. They are always so gracious to my family. And they, they're, they're just amazing. I, I, I got to preach. I can't talk about how amazing they are. But anyways, and so, you know, not, not perfect people, but my, both of my mom's parents. I'm going to try to tell this briefly because I know there's people that don't know. But uh, my grandmother, she was at home by herself. She was not at church. She was praying at home, and she was reading the Word of God, and she reached the book of Acts. And as she read the book of Acts, uh, she, she said, Lord, if this is real, I want it. And as she began to pray by herself in that house, all of a sudden the Holy Ghost came down and filled her, and she started speaking in tongues just like what she was reading in the book of Acts. I'm here to tell you it's real. It's real. My grandpa, Butler, it took a little bit longer for him to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, but he also was filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. My grandfather, Barnum, uh, he received the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. My grandmother, uh, Varnum, she received the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. My father received the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. Uh, and, and when he was 16 years old, uh, he was renewed in the power of the Holy Ghost and began to travel at 16 years old preaching this glorious gospel. My mother, uh, when she was a, a young teenager, uh, she did not want anything to do with God. She tells us, she told her grandmother that spoke in tongues that this is her words back in the day she was going to go to hell with the Beatles that's what she said uh, this was back in the day now um, and uh, that that's what that's her mindset but one night when she was at a a, a camp meeting a youth camp uh, she said that preacher was preaching the last night and she wasn't paying attention to that preacher all she knew there was cute boys there that's what she says but that last night the Holy Ghost touched her and all of a sudden she lifted her hands and began to speak in other other tongues as the spirit gave her the utterance so my grandparents on both sides are tongue talkers my parents are tongue talkers both of my sisters are tongue talkers and I am a tongue talker I I married a tongue talker and two of my children are already tongue talkers I'm trying to tell you I know what I'm talking about. I've been around it, and it's real, and it's powerful, and it's for you today. It's for you today. <laughs> oh, it's the Holy Ghost in fire, and it's keeping me alive. I'm going to be doing some teaching today, and I'm going to be going through and explaining some things because uh, there's different uh, thoughts that's floating around about speaking in tongues. But thoughts that float around is not what you've got to base anything on. The Bible says that this is going to judge us in the end. 
Now, let me be very clear. I don't know what they're all going to ask when we walk through those pearly gates. But I, I, I'm quite certain it's not going to be, are you Baptist? Are you Pentecostal? Are you Methodist? Are you Catholic? That's not what, the, the, the question is going to be, did you obey this book? I don't care what you call yourself. The question is, do you obey the word of God? And so it's not what your mama, your daddy, your grandfather, your aunt, your godmother, I don't care who told you something. If it don't line up with this book, say, thank you, sweetheart, for teaching me, but I got to stick with the book. I got to get in the word of God. That's what's got to lead and guide and direct my life. Is there anybody here that studied this word and you found it to be true and right altogether? So in Acts chapter 2, verse number 4, it says, As the day of Pentecost came, the Holy Ghost moved on them. And the Bible says, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. As the Spirit gave them utterance. And so let me just point this out to start off. There, There are some people and some things that are going around where people are teaching people to speak with tongues. That's not biblical, okay? You know, you can't talk, you know, like get your tongue twisted. Say this enough times and, oh, whoa, whoa, you got the Holy Ghost. That's not what it is, okay? You know, well, the, you, know you tie my tie, you tie my tie. You know, that don't work. You know, that's a tie, you tie, that's fine. But that's not speaking in tongues. You know, shook my Honda, skin my knee. No, that's not tongues. That means you shook your Honda and you skint your knee. It has nothing to do with tongues. Don't let people start trying to teach you to speak in tongues. The Bible says they began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance or as the Spirit gave them the ability, not as someone taught them to speak with tongues. Don't allow people to mess with your mind to say, well, do this, do that. No, let the Holy Ghost come inside of you, and when he comes inside of you, he's going to fill you up uh, overflowing with his Spirit, and you shall speak with new tongues. But it's a good question. It's not only a question we ask today. It's a question that has been asked for a long time. As a matter of fact, as soon as the Holy Ghost was poured out, it was a good question. And that's the title of my message here today. We find in Acts chapter 2, verse 12, and they were all amazed. They're looking at 120 people that just staggered out of the upper room speaking in other tongues. They were all amazed and were in doubt. They didn't know what was happening and saying one to another, what meaneth this? That's what I'm going to preach. What meaneth this? What is this thing all about? What's going on? Coley and Anna Davis, or not Davis, Reese, you know what your name is, are here today. I'm so happy they're here. They were at Disney World. They came by. What meaneth this? That's what I said when I saw them today. What meaneth this? What is it? What is going on? What, what happened? The Holy Ghost was poured out. The Spirit of God began to flow. What does this whole thing mean? I'm glad you ask. You know, it, it's, a, it's a question even today. There's so many people receiving the Holy Ghost. Uh, they are doing. The New York Times uh, gave an article a while back about them doing studies. I've actually seen different studies uh, that have been done where they, they put... They get people that are praying in the Spirit, and they, they actually begin to study speaking in tongues. It's becoming such a, a phenomenon that's going across our world. They're trying to figure it out. 
And, and, and what we say is when the Holy Ghost comes, it's not our ability. Uh, it, it's, it's God speaking through us. So they wanted to test that. And what they have found is whenever they put the, the electrodes on somebody and they got in the spirit, to be honest with you, I don't know if I can get in the spirit with stuff stuck all over me. Uh, but but they, they, they got someone in there praying. But when they began to, when they're praying, everything's functioning normal. But when they began to pray in the spirit, the part, the frontal lobe, the part of the brain that functions with, with language and speech goes basically dormant and other activities begin to happen elsewhere. Otherwise, they're not trying to communicate in, in, in their own understanding. Literally, that part of the brain just kind of shuts down and they just begin to flow in something in another world. It's not their mind that's creating. Let me say this. Now let me say that. But something begins to happen on the inside. That be, I'm telling you, this world is wanting to know what meaneth this. Pentecostalism is shaking our world. People are hungry. <laughs> it's the most successful group movement in the past century. There are right now more than uh, 580 million that call themselves Pentecostal. This number is growing by 19 million per year, for, uh, 54,000 per day. At the current rate of this growth, they, researchers are saying that there will be over 1 billion Pentecostals by 25, by 2025. Now, a lot of this is happening in Africa and Asia, and we have been over there, and, I have, and, and in South America it, it is explosive growth. But even here in America, the Holy Ghost is being poured out. But, but what's happening is the devil do, is doing what he's always done. He takes a truth and tries to mix a lie in with it. He knows he cannot get people to deny the experience that they've had. Has anyone been filled with the Holy Ghost and no one can talk you out of it? Nobody can talk you out of it. It changed us. It made us think different, act different. People didn't know who we were when we got done with that. That's exactly right. I tell about my, I like to use my mom. I don't know why. She, just figure I embarrass her every now and then. If it were possible, she came to school. Now, when she went to school, uh, you know, mom had a little trouble when she was young. She was a little bit and a little bit arrested in juvenile detention center and stuff. I don't know how you get a little bit arrested, but nevertheless, she was involved in all this stuff. She wore a she she says she wore a sweater to school uh, every day, not because it was hot or cold, but because um, she knew she was going to get in a fight and you can't rip a sweater off. That's that's why she wore a sweater to school. Right, mom? That's exactly right. And, and she was very familiar with the principal's office. But after she was filled with the Holy Ghost, that was during the summer. The next week or the next school year, she came back to school. And after just a, a few days or a week or so, the principal asked her to her office. Now, she did not need directions. She knew where she was going. She knew how she was getting there. But she didn't know why this time she was going. Other times she knew how, why, but this time she didn't know why. She went in there and she sat down and the principal just looked at her for a few minutes and finally said, now this is a school of thousands of kids. And looked at Naomi. That's what, Naomi. How many, how many different names does your family have? She looked at my mom and said, he, he said, Naomi, what's different about you? 
Mom's thinking, I, I don't know. She, she, she wasn't even thinking about the fact she got the Holy Ghost. She was just thinking, I don't know. She said, he's like, no, there's something different. I've been watching you come to this school for years, but I've been watching you. I, I knew you were coming this year. I was a little worried about you coming this year. He said, but when I look at you, there's something different. What I'm telling you is when the Holy Ghost gets inside of you, it will change you. There is nothing like the Spirit of God. There is nothing like the power of God. There is nothing like being filled over overflowing with God. Oh, somebody here that you've been changed by the power of the Holy Ghost. Can you testify with me? He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on a rock to stay. He put a song in my soul today. There's nothing, nothing. Ha, ha, ha. Holy Ghost. It changes people. So they're studying. They're trying to figure it out, but what the devil does, what he always does, is he tries to mix a truth and a lie. All the way back to the Garden of Eden, he's always trying to mix it in. Truth and a lie, truth and a lie, truth and a lie. That's the best lies are sandwiched between truths, right? So he, he knows he can't get you to deny what happened. So what he starts doing is start saying, well, it's not for everybody. Right? It's just for a few people. Some people have it, some people don't. He knows he can't get you to say it's not real. So what he tries to do is mix in something that's not true. I want to talk about a few things that people say that you probably heard. I'm hoping today to strengthen some of your, your faith that you know what you've experienced. But, you know, even though you know something, if enough people keep telling you something different, after a while you start going, well, maybe. You know what I'm saying? You ever been in that situation? They just won't leave you alone, and finally you start ah, doubting yourself. Well, we're going to look in the Word of God and see what the Word of God has to say. People begin to say, well, it's not for everybody, and it's not for this, it's not for that. And, and some of the questions maybe you've heard is, why should I speak in tongues when the Bible says not everyone speaks with tongues? We're going to look at what that actually says. And, and, and things like this. Didn't Paul say that he'd rather speak just a, a couple words that you understand than 10,000 unknown tongues? Didn't Paul downplay speaking in tongues? People ask me, did Jesus teach us to speak with tongues? Isn't it just a gift for a few people? Anybody ever heard these types of things? Let's look at it. I want you to understand it's real. It's absolutely real. So did Jesus uh, teach to us and talk to us about speaking with tongues? Yes, he did. Mark 16 and 15, going through verse 17. And he said to them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. That's important. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. That's important. For these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. This is Jesus talking. They shall speak with new tongues. Jesus said whenever the believers. Now, now it doesn't say these signs shall follow them with, that have gifts. Didn't say these signs shall follow them that are good people. It says these signs shall follow them that believe. If you're a believer... You should be a tongue talker. These signs shall follow them that believe. 
In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Jesus says, when you become a believer, when my church, the New Testament, is established, what was it was not established at this point because the New Testament comes when the testator, the testament, the last will and testament, whenever he dies. And so the New Testament did not begin even with the thief on the cross because Jesus wasn't dead yet. It was after he died, was buried, and rose again that the New Testament for us began. I love the word. So Jesus talked about new tongues. Also in John chapter 3 and verse 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man is born of the water and of the Spirit, being born of the water is being baptized in his name. Being born of the Spirit is being filled with the Holy Ghost. Except a man is born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot. Everybody say cannot. That's a strong word right there. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Except a man is born of the water and the spirit. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus is speaking these things. And then he says in verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, thou must be, ye must be born again. For the wind blows where it listeth, and you hear the sound thereof, but canst not tell where it cometh and whether it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the spirit. Now, this translation can be translated multiple ways. Matter of fact, over some 300 times, this same word here that they translated as blow and as wind can also be translated this way. And this is, I believe, is a possibly a better translation in this particular. This same word, it's fine translation. Either one will translate. But I think it's more clear when you understand the subject matter and how it was translated every other time. It would read like this. The spirit breathes hard at, at its will. And you heard the language of it the wind blows where it listens or the spirit blows hard where it wills and you heard the language of it instead of you just hear the sound of the wind it actually is translated going through what he's saying is being filled with the Spirit better in the fact that when the Holy Ghost comes on you, out of his mouth will be the breath, the wind, but when it comes out, you're going to hear the language of it when it comes out of you. Jesus, whether you're looking at the book of Mark or you're looking at what he's saying here, he's saying there is coming a day that I'm no longer going to be on the outside looking in, but I'm going to get on the inside and start looking out. There's going to come a day that I'm going to get inside of you and you're going to know it because you're going to be filled with the spirit the Old Testament talked about it with stammering lips and another tongue where I speak to this people saying this is the rest wherewith he has caused the weary to rest and this is the refreshing with stammering lips and another tongue. The Old Testament talked about it. Jesus talked about it. And so we look at these different things but people began to say well the Bible says not everyone speaks with tongues. Let's look at what they're talking about. Everyone got your pen and paper out or ready to get the CD, DVD or watch online because you're not going to get all these scriptures. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. This is what they're referring to. To another, the working of miracles. 
to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. Okay? Let me get four people up here real quick. I need you up here if you're going to do it. One, two, three, four. Good. So, saying is I'm going to give to one. Come here. Come up here. To one, I'm going to give the working of miracles. Go stand over there by that chair. To another, prophecy. Go stand beside him. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. Go over there. And to another, interpretations of tongues. So they say, well, see there, some people have one, and some people don't have the other. But there's a few things that you need to understand. Just like the criteria for me to use you just now were for you to be on the platform, the criteria for you to understand this is for you first to have the Spirit. I said, I need you up here in order for this to happen. And the same way is true when we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit. Just like you've got to have the orange tree before you get the oranges, you've got to have the Spirit before you get the gifts of the Spirit. Just like you've got to get on the platform before you get this stuff. Just stay up here. I may use you again. Find a seat. There's lots of them. And so let's look at what he's actually saying, though, here. Let's look at the whole thing, then we're going to break it down. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, 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 they're already in the fold. I would not have you ignorant. I don't want you to be ignorant about this stuff. Verse 4. Now, now there are diversities of gifts, what? By the same Spirit. There's, there's diversity of gifts I'm going to give to everyone, but at first you've got to get the Spirit. Okay? Uh, jump down to verse 8. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another uh, the word of knowledge, by the same Spirit. To another faith, by the same Spirit. You see, they already got the Spirit. Now there's, being, there's some diversity happening now that you're in the Spirit. Right? Verse 9. To another faith, by the same Spirit. To another the gifts of healing, by the same Spirit. To another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. So a couple of things to understand here. First of all, when you read the book of First and Second Corinthians, it is written to the church of Corinth. These are people that are already saved. If you go to chapter 1, what you'll find is, I write this to the church at Corinth. So he is not writing this to sinners, telling them how to be saved and how to be filled with the Holy Ghost. He is talking to people that already have the Holy Ghost. People read this and they say, well, see, some people speak in tongues and some people don't. But this is not referring to the salvation that comes with the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. Because if it was, we'd have some other issues. Go up one verse. Verse 9. There you go. It says here, again, some people have it, some people don't, right? So here it says, to another, faith. So you're telling me that some people get faith and some people don't? So there must be a faith for salvation. Because the Bible is very clear about that. Uh, Ephesians 2 and 8. For by grace are we saved through faith. 
Hebrews 11 and 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For they that come to God must believe that he is. You can't even come to God if you don't have faith. The Bible says uh, at the end of uh, Romans 12 and verse 3, the end of that verse, it says, God hath given every man a measure of faith. So you have faith that you need to be saved. Then you have the gift of faith. In the same way, you have the tongues as the initial evidence of receiving the Holy Ghost. Then you have the gift of tongues. If that's not true with the tongues, that means it's not true with the faith. And you're telling people they don't have to have faith to be saved. I'm in the Holy Ghost, and I know I'm in the book. I'm here to tell you it is a lie that people start telling because what they want you to do is the devil wants you to live beneath what God has for you, what you need to decide. If it's from him, I want it. If it's from him, give it to me. If I can't get anything from him, come on, hook me up. So first of all, it's written to the church. You've got to have the Spirit before you get it. And if it, 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 is a, it is something above and beyond receiving the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost, orange tree, gifts, oranges. should have an orange to throw at you today. Everybody understand that? The Bible's not saying that some people get the Holy Ghost and some people don't. It's saying even though some people initially speak in tongues with the Holy Ghost, there are other people in the church that get a certain gift that takes you another step, whether it be in working of miracles or whether that be in speaking in tongues or whether that be the gift of faith. Some are blessed with the interpretation. Okay? So it's not talking about salvation here. He's talking to people that are already saved, Already filled with the Spirit, and this is an addition on top of that. Okay? Then people say this, most misquoted verse. Didn't Paul say, I'd rather speak five words, understand, and 10,000 unknown tongues? Didn't Paul say that? Well, he did. But in order to get him to say that, it's like the, the media does with some people's words. You know how they just like, take little pieces out? And make you say something you didn't actually say? That's what happens with that verse. I can't tell you how many times someone has said to me, well, Paul, you know, Paul discouraged speaking in tongues. He did not discourage speaking in tongues. He was trying to put it in order so it would flow better. So that the church would have understanding. When people come in, instead of me up here uh, speaking in tongues, I'm speaking in a language you can understand. Especially if you're from the South. Y'all. People say, well, if you speak in tongues, there has to be an interpreter. No, there does not have to be an interpreter when you speak in tongues. People say, well, when everyone comes together and they speak in tongues, that creates confusion. When everyone, I've heard people say this my whole life. Well, when everyone's praying together, that's just confusion. To who? Now, granted, if you're talking to me, I have a problem with one conversation. Every time you talk to me, I'm like, squirrel, squirrel. Oh, oh, yeah, what are you, what are you saying? Squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. You st two people talking to me, it's over. My wife can hear all three kids know what they want and what I want and at the same time cooking a delicious meal. I don't have that. Whatever that is, I don't have it. But it's confusion to who? See, that's the question. Well, then the question has to come, who are you praying to?
Now, if I was praying to you and somebody else was praying to you, yeah, we'd have an issue. But if we're praying to God, there ain't no issue here. Not only can God hear all of us pray at the same time, he can hear us and people in China and people in Africa. And God can hear all of us. He's God. And if we're praying to him, get your prayer in there. Don't just listen to somebody else's prayer. And you have problems with the word of God. See, I don't, I'm not going to finish today. You have problems with the word of God. Well, everyone shouldn't pray at the same time. Everyone shouldn't speak in tongues at the same time. In the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, 120 people at one time began to speak in tongues uh, as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Uh, happened at Cornelius' house. Uh, it happened throughout the word of God. Uh, when they began to pray, uh, the place was shaken. Uh, they lifted up their voice. There, everybody began to pray out loud. It's not confusion because we're praying to God. See, I need my golf clubs right now. I can. Holy Ghost. Everyone, uh, there has to be interpretation. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, and we're going to get into this. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto man, but unto God. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto man, but unto God. For no man understands him, how be in the spirit he speaks mysteries. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to decide which, what all I want to say here today. Let me just keep trying to go through this chapter. Because people say what well, Paul is trying to do away with speaking in tongues. He's not. He's trying to let you know the importance of speaking in tongues and when to do it and when not to do it. Verse 4, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, what does he do? What happens? He edifies himself. When you begin to pray in that heavenly language, there's something inside of you that begins to groan and begins to move, and things are changed. When you pray in tongues, you edify yourself. But he that prophesieth edifieth the church. Hmm. He says in verse 5, I would that ye all speak with tongues, but rather that ye prophesy. Here we go. For, for, for greater is he that prophesies than he that speak with, with tongues, except there be an interpreter, that the church may receive edification. When is it better, and we're going to look at more scriptures here, when is it better to prophesy than to speak with tongues? When you are up teaching others when you're trying to explain the word of god if you get real excited in the holy ghost and you're just speaking in tongues and going okay yeah you're being edified right the bible says you're being edified but you're not helping the church the only time it's better to prophesy than speak in tongues is when you're trying to teach somebody else we're going to see that i'm going to keep going verse six now brethren again he's talking to the church if I come to you speaking in tongues, what shall it profit you? It's not going to help you if I just walk up to you just speaking in tongues. Except we speak uh, to you by revelation or by knowledge or by prophecy or by doctrine. So he's trying to say, listen, when you're up teaching and preaching... Don't get up, and because what was happening with the Corinth church, they were so excited about the Holy Ghost, they would just come together and just be like, just speaking in tongues. It's, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. They're just speaking in tongues. And people, new people that haven't experienced it yet, they're like, I'm out of here. 
He goes on to say, they're going to think you're a barbarian. You're going to think they're a barbarian. You're not speaking the same language. You've got to speak where they understand. Verse 14, I'm skipping a lot. If you was at Refresh this past week, I went through the entire chapter verse by verse. But I'm skipping it today. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. So what's happening is when you pray, your spirit prays. When you begin to pray in the spirit, your spirit's praying. This is not the time that you're growing in the word of God. Your understanding is unfruitful. You get understanding from the word of God, but your spirit gets connected to God when you begin to pray in other tongues and begin to pray in the spirit. Whatever your experience has been with God in the past, however much you love God, if you will surrender yourself and be filled with his spirit, it will take you places you have never been before and your experience things you've never experienced before what then i'm gonna do one or the other no what then that's what he says next verse what then what are you gonna do some people you ever meet people that just can't get in the center of anything it's extreme you know i'm gonna i'm gonna have a job where i'm gonna work all the time and not do anything for my family or I'm going to flip the other way, and I'm not going to work at all. I'm not going to support my family. No, no, no. Get a job that you can do to help your family, okay? Find your balance, right? That's what's happening here. What then? Are you just going to be just back and forth? No, get your feet under you and get balance, he's saying. What then? I'm not going to do one without the other. He says, I will pray in the Spirit, and I will pray with my understanding also. I will sing in the Spirit, and I will sing with my understanding also. I'm not going to do one and not do the other. He is not saying, uh, don't speak in tongues here, which people say that he is saying in chapter 14. He is not saying that. He's saying you've got to get it in the right place uh, and get it balanced. Everyone said amen. amen. He says here in verse 18, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Paul is not saying don't speak with tongues. He's like, listen, you guys are out of control, right? That's what he's saying to him. You're, you're out of control. But as much as you're out of control, I speak in tongues more than all you. But I know when to do it and when not to do it. I know when I'm up teaching you like I'm teaching right now not to just stand here and speak in tongues because I may get a great blessing from the Lord, but I'm not helping anybody. But by the way, he just goes on to say, I speak in tongues more than all of you, but you've got to know when to do it and when not to do it, when the proper time is to do it. That's what Paul's talking about here. And here's, here's the verse. Miss, this, this is the way it's normally quoted. Paul said... I'd rather speak five words you understand than 10,000 unknown tongues. That's, that's how it's quoted. But they, they miss a few sections of that verse. Let's, let's read the whole verse. Yet in the church, but not just in the church, because remember, 120 started speaking in tongues. Let's read the whole verse. Yet in the church, I'd rather speak five words with my understanding why? They take this section out. That by my voice I might teach others also 
than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. When is it better to speak five words you understand than 10,000 unknown tongue? When I'm up teaching others. That's the only time it's better for me to speak five words you understand than 10,000. Paul said, listen, I speak in tongues more than all of you, but when you get up to preach, say something that people understand. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? It's very clear. He is not trying to stop speaking in tongues. He is trying to put it in its proper place. And it's better in the church when I'm teaching others, not just not speaking in tongues. He goes on to say, covet to prophesy. Otherwise, covet to know how to explain the word of God. Covet to know how to talk to somebody and, sh and share the word of God. But in your process of doing that, Verse 39, covet, covet to prophesy, but forbid not to speak with tongues. Don't try to stop speaking in tongues, but covet that you can explain the word, that you can share the understanding of the word, but don't stop speaking in tongues. It edifies the church. It edifies yourself. There's a lots of benefits to speaking in tongues, so don't forbid speaking in tongues. Get in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. <laughs> Get in the Holy Ghost. Let God flow through you. Let the Spirit of God begin to work through you. Jude tells us, Verse 20, but ye beloved, building up yourself in that most holy faith. How? Praying in the Holy Ghost. How do you pray in the Holy Ghost? You pray in the Holy Ghost when you begin to speak in other tongues. People saying, well, I'm weary and life has come against me. I don't know what to do. Uh, he says, I've got the remedy for you when you're weary uh, and you don't know how to put one foot in front of the other. Uh, get in the Holy Ghost. Uh, begin to pray uh, and you begin to build up yourself uh, in your most holy faith. You want to get your faith up? Learn to pray in the Spirit. Release yourself to pray in tongues. And your faith begins to get built up. We know not how we should pray as we ought. We don't know what to pray sometimes. We don't know how to pray about it sometimes. The Bible says in Romans 8, 26, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmity. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Sometimes you hit a situation and you just don't know how to pray about it. I mean, you can't even conceive. How, how should I even pray about this thing? We try to come up with stuff. And it just, just feels feel right. And we're just hitting a wall. He said, listen, likewise the Spirit helps our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself makes intercessions for us with groanings that cannot be others. 
or a language, a groaning, a spirit that cannot be understood. What he is saying is when you don't know what to do and your back's against the wall, what you need to do is get in the spirit and let the spirit begin to flow through you and it will begin to answer the questions that you have no answer for. I'm here to tell Souls Harbor, get in the spirit. I'm here to tell somebody that's weary and broken that God is here to fill you with his spirit. It is the evidence of the Holy Ghost. Speaking in tongues is not the Holy Ghost. It is the evidence of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is God's spirit in you. That's why Paul said things like, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Jesus said, I'm with you now, but I shall be. The Holy Ghost is Jesus Christ inside of you. Moving and stirring. It's the initial evidence. Acts 2, 4, we read earlier. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Acts 10, 44, 47. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter. The Jewish people is what he's talking about. They of the circumcision that did not believe the Gentiles could receive the Holy Ghost. Something had to help happen so they would understand that they had the Holy Ghost. They were astonished as many as came with Peter because on the Gentiles was also poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. How did they know they received the Holy Ghost? Next verse. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which received the Holy Ghost as well as we, or just like we did in the beginning? He says in the next chapter, they received the light gift uh, that we received uh, in the book of Acts. Uh, when we were in the upper room, uh, the same thing is being poured out over and over and over and over again. Look here. I'm going to just show you a few examples. Uh, Acts 19 and 6. Uh, and Paul laid his hands on them, uh, and the Holy Ghost came on them, uh, and they spake with tongues, uh, and they prophesied. Uh, when Peter uh, was asked, uh, what shall we do? Uh, Peter stood up uh, in Acts 2.38. Uh, then Peter said unto them, uh, Repent uh, and be baptized, uh, every one of you, uh, in the name of Jesus Christ uh, for the remission of your sins. Uh, and ye shall, ye shall, ye shall. It's for everybody. Ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Next verse. For the promise. What promise uh, of the Holy Ghost? Uh, the promise. Uh, what promise uh, of God's Spirit flowing through you? Uh, for the promise uh, is unto you uh, and to your children and to all them that are far off. Uh, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. It's for you. It's for you. It's for you. Oh, somebody lift your hands and begin to pray in the Spirit right now. Oh. Oh. Oh, oh, hear me, stand with me. Holy Ghost is for everybody. See, the devil knows he's not going to stop it. So what he tries to tell you is it's, yeah, it's just not for you. Yeah, you can see they've got it and it's real, but it's not for you. He says this promise 
It's for you. It's for your children. It's for all them that are far off. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. As long as God is calling, the promise is still being poured out. It happened over and over again. It happened in the book of Acts. It happened all throughout history. It re-sparked in Azusa Street and in Topeka, Kansas, when the Holy Ghost was being poured out. And people began to speak in tongues. It swept across our nation. That's what my grandmother Butler was filled with, that sweeping revival that went across this nation. The power of God, it was undeniable. And so the devil says, I can't deny it. And so I'm going to convince people that it's just not for them. I want someone here today that you've got it somehow in your mind. It's great for some, but not for me. The Bible says, if you have not the Spirit of Christ, you are none of His. It is not an option. I remind you of what I said earlier. Jesus said, except a man is born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot get into the kingdom of heaven don't sit back and listen to the lies of this world there is deceit in this world but the holy ghost is for you today it's for everybody what is it going on what's happening he says this is that which is spoken by the prophet joel and it shall come to pass in the last days saith god that i will pour out of my spirit Upon all flesh. <laughs> when is the last days? We're in the last days. You know when the last days started? On the day of Pentecost. Yeah. Exactly right. You play, see people playing football? The whole last quarter, the whole fourth quarter is the last quarter. You say, oh, people have been saying it's the last days for a long time. Yeah, the whole fourth quarter, they say it's the fourth quarter. The last day started on the day of Pentecost. And we're right at that 2,000-year mark. I don't know what God's going to do. We, you know, the calendars, oh, how does it say this or that? I don't know about all that. All I know is when you look around in our world, uh, and the Bible says there'll be earthquakes in diverse places, uh, someone ought to pay attention. You see the moon turning the blood. The Bible talks about it's happening. We see things happening that God described these blood moons that we're seeing. Somebody needs to start paying attention. And the church don't need to back up because the Holy Ghost and fire is where your strength comes from. You need to speak in tongues every day. And if you're here and it's been a long time since you spoke in tongues, you ought to come to this altar and ask God to fill you with the Holy Ghost. And if you've never spoken in tongues, you ought to come to this altar and say, Lord, fill me with your spirit. Turn to someone and say it's important. Turn to someone on the other side. Tell them it's important. Except a man is born of the water and the spirit, he cannot. I'm here to tell you today that if you want to be filled with the spirit, I've got great news for you. It's for you. And all you have to do is repent. You say, well, I'm a Christian. Me too. And I repent often matter of fact Paul that wrote most of the New Testament repented every day he said he died daily he died out to his fleshly desires and so yes I'm talking to you you need to repent 
Why? Because you, if you've got stuff in there, the Spirit of God can't come in. You're full. So you empty out of all the junk. You do that through repentance. God, forgive me. God, I want to serve you. God, I've known you for a long time. Like Cornelius, a good man that prayed to see angels, but he hadn't been filled with the Holy Ghost. And God says, you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Go get Peter. He's going to lay hands on you. You're going to get the Holy Ghost. You're going to get baptized. You've got to empty it all out. And when you empty it out, the Holy Ghost starts working and moving in there. That's the way it works. Me, God, God's Spirit starts filling you up. And what's going to happen is it's going to reach a point. There's no more room. And you're going to start speaking in other tongues. That's what's about to start happening. That's what's about to start happening. You're going to repent and you're going to lift your hands in just a moment. <laughs> and when you begin to talk to the Lord and you begin to say, thank you, God, for forgiving me. Thank you for a fresh start. All of a sudden, the Spirit of God is going to come inside of you and it's going to flow out of you like rivers of living water, the Bible says. It's for you and it's important. It's for everybody. It's for everybody. If it's from God, do you want it? Are you willing to pray that prayer? Lord, forgive me. God, this is my grandma's prayer. If it's from you, I want it. <laughs> if it's real, I want it. Are you daring enough to ask God for that? Are you ready for a renewing? You know you've been dry. You haven't allowed yourself to stay fluent in the Holy Ghost. You know there's a dryness there. It's been too long. But you don't need to sit back another service. You don't need to go through another ritual. You need to say, I'm getting to an altar. I'm going to repent again. And I'm going to be renewed or filled again. Right now, I want you to turn around to about three people and ask them, do you have the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues? Ask them. Come on. Ask them. I see people just standing there. Ask them. Come on, three people around you. Now turn back to them and say, has it been a long time since you spoke in tongues? Go ahead, ask them, three of them. Come on now. Holy Ghost. Now ask them, would you please come down and pray with me? I think God has something for you. Ask them. Now every saint of God, they're going to get a renewing the Holy Ghost. I want you to come as close as you can to the front because there's going to be lots of people. Today, if you're willing to ask God, if it's real, I want it. God, forgive me. Fill me with your spirit. It's for everybody. The promise is for you, for your children. That's it. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. It's a step of faith. This doesn't mean you're going to join this church. This means you want everything God has for you. Hallelujah. Now you want to help pray with somebody? You want to help pray with somebody? Come on in here. Come on in here. You want to help pray? You're a saint of God. You want to help minister to somebody? Come on in here. I'm telling you, it's real. It's real. It's real. And it's for everybody. It's for everybody. Right now. 
now we're going to repent. Up on the balcony, you ready to repent with me? Awesome. Ushers, you ready to repent with me? How about from this side to that side? You ready to repent? We're going to ask God to wash us and purify us. This ain't no repeat after me. This is you looking into your own heart and saying, God, I'm sorry. Give me a fresh start. Right now, let's repent together. Come on, God's not confused with all of us praying. Let's pray together. Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, wash me and purify me. God, I'm sorry for the sin in my life. I'm sorry for the decisions I've made that displease you. God, I've tried.